Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 33, From the Top Down and More. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to be starting our series going over Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. Um, we're going to be starting that tonight, multi-week, um, small group format, kind yep. of what we've done in the past with actual live bodies sitting in front of us. And now we're sharing that with all of you. Uh, but, you know, we always start with what's gone on this past week. We sure do. And um, we've had a few things Yeah. this week. You know, last week and the week prior, we talked about that intimacy guide mm-hmm. questionnaire that we're doing. We, we completed that this week on Thursday night. Yeah, we actually did that over two nights. We did. Um, which was good just to kind of break it up and not have it be so... There's a lot of material in it. There. there is. There's a lot to learn. Uh-huh. And... For Elise and I, it was really cool. I mean, it was really good to to go into that stuff. And we sort of laughed and giggled. And, and you know, one thing that I really came to learn as we were going through that was Elise and I have been working on intimacy for a while. You know, we're going on two years since the 60 Days of Sex. And there is no way we would be where we are today if we didn't take the steps we did two years ago. So for those of you who listened to episode 31 and clicked on it and checked it out, you know, it's one of those things that it may be a little daunting to look at and go, Ooh, am I really going to talk about that with my spouse? But I will tell you this, that if you don't start today, you're not going to be where you want to be in two years. Mm hmm. So that that was something that really piqued my my curiosity there. Yeah, I just I think it was it, it was interesting going over those questions how much of it because we have kind of been on this journey over the last few years how much of those topics we had talked about. Yeah. And yet there were still things that I was like, really? Yeah, and we still learned some stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought we'd cover that and, you know, or why, or you've never said that, you know, that right. kind of stuff. Um, now are we going to do it? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the implementation is going to be. I think there's definitely yeah. an awareness now ab- about some of those questions and topics. And like Tony said, you guys can pull it up on the show notes from episode 31. Um, but, you know, I think even just being aware Right. Of where we are on those is a, is a huge step towards deepening our intimacy. Totally agree. Um, so we did that. You went and saw the acupuncturist. Yeah. For the first time this week. Elise has been going for a Almost year. Almost a year. Almost a year. And I've been dealing, gosh, this last year on and off GI issues. He's getting old. Getting old. <laughs> yeah. And then and, and most recently I've had some really weird like numbing in my on my tongue and in my mouth and tingling around my lips and 
all sorts of stuff. I, I don't, I'm a mess at times. And so I finally, I, I'm in a good, I was in a good spot and I feel that it's best to go see an acupuncturist when you're in a good spot and not when you're just all jacked up. Um, and so I went and saw him and I, you know, I, I don't know if anything got taken place or done that day. I, I think it's going to take some sessions to see what will happen. Well, and it's like, I mean, you and I have talked about, it. I mean, who knows with whatever's going on with you. And, right. I mean, even me personally, like when I was dealing with all of my issues that kind of what prompted me to go see Kelly, um, our acupuncturist was that I was having a number of skin problems and right. it wasn't something that could be cleared up right away. No. And, and I had tried all kinds of antibiotics and creams and right. you know, remember the first time I went to the pharmacy and it medicine. was $200 for all these creams and stuff. And I'm thinking seriously, yeah, it's a little much $200. Um, and so it's really, you know, this whole last, I guess it's been about eight, nine months now that I've been seeing Kelly. It's been very educational. Right. Um, he has made me so much more self-aware of how my body reacts. Do, do you want to go a little bit further? Yeah, I just... So for all our women listeners? Well, you know, when I first started seeing Kelly, ever since I had Abby, um, just ended up with extremely heavy periods. And during my cycle, I would have like crazy, crazy itching. Like to the point where Elisa couldn't even handle me kissing her. I mean, My just, face would be so irritating. Yeah, I mean, just trying to be close to her it would just irritate her. Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't like, and I would, I would find myself waking up at night scratch. And it was like in my T zone on my face. And so I'd find myself like scratching my nose. And there were a couple of months where, I mean, I ended up looking like Rudolph mm-hmm. oh, around did. my nose. And you know, so I go and see a dermatologist and she's like, Oh, you've got this nonspecific dermatitis. Take these cream, you know, these steroid creams and this, that. And so I tried that. And you know, the next month my hormones would flare up and guess what? Come back. So did my skin. Um, and so it was miserable. Right. Not just for me physically, but it really kind of, you know. <laughs> it, it derailed our intimacy at oh, times. Oh, yeah. And our I'm sexual like, intimacy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle you touching me. My skin is so irritated that physical contact is, it's gone. Yeah. It's not kissing and all. I mean, we would still be able to ha- make love. Yeah. As long as you didn't touch my face. Right. <laughs> so I started seeing Kelly, you know, I was doing some research and um, had talked to another acupuncturist prior to that, Barbara. Oh, yeah, Barbara. And, um said, you know what, I'm going to try acupuncture. I've heard a lot of good things about acupuncture. And so over the last year, um, I've been working with Kelly to get the skin under control, figure out what my specific triggers are. I really thought I knew when I first started seeing Kelly. And it's turned out that mine are so much more diet related. I had no idea. You guys had heard me talk um, in the past. And I know I posted on Twitter about my... You I, post I, things on Twitter? Every once in a while. Oh, okay. I need to post about you being a level four blood donor. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> but I re- I've come to realize that my body does not react very well to sugar. Especially right. sugars, you know, all of your cookies and sweets and all the things I love. And white breads. All of, I just can't handle the yeast and the sugars. And I my skin completely reacts. Right. And that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be aware of that if it hadn't been for Kelly really kind of teaching me about how my body works. And so now like the skin thing's under control. My period is much more cyclical and balanced and things like that. But it's been a process. Right. And and I'm going to talk from the husband point of view <laughs> where many of you guys are going, oh my gosh, what the hell am I listening to right now? Um, I, I will tell you from my 
viewpoint, it's been very beneficial for the things that Elisa and I want to be able to do in the bedroom. Um, you know, when she was going through all this stuff, it, it was tough to deal with her. Uh, and it's not because she's moody, but because of the skin irritations and other irritations, there wasn't much, um, there wasn't much change in our sexual positions or, or what we wanted to do during certain periods of the month. It, it just, it, it just irritated Elisa so much. So we did it. And so it's been really beneficial for Elisa to get really in touch with herself and knowing, okay, this is sort of my body. This is sort of my cycle. This is what's happening. And so for us, it's actually been a huge, huge, um, increase in the intimacy because we know certain times when Elisa is highly sexual. And then we know in the month when she is less sexual. Oh yeah. I mean, and so we we know how to, we know how to, we know how to roll through that now. And still with our intimacy lifestyle, we can, we can still get through it fine. Right. Because it's easy. It, and part of that too is, and we're going to talk about that tonight in one of the chapters, the communication piece. Right. I, I, Tony probably knows more about my cycle than most. I, I'm going to guess that most wives and husbands, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you I, talk about it as much as we do, let us know. I mean, I, we, we, we talk about it. We talk I, about it a lot. I, I'd say we, I don't know if it's a I lot. I mean, not a lot, but. But it's regular. It's part of our communication. We'll, we'll discuss, you know, where where are you in the month? You know, what, what's your body doing? What's your body what's, doing? Yeah. So I, I, I understand when Elisa starts going, it's right here and I'm not really into it. And, and for me, it's not being rejected anymore. It's just knowing that's where she is in that cycle. And it helps me to go, okay, well, if this is where she is, then how about if we do this instead? Right. Maybe we need to lube. Maybe we need to use lube or whatever, whatever needs to happen. But on those occasions when she is highly sexual, it's like, all right, here we go. Let's have a good time. Fireworks, baby. Right. And so that, that has been a, that's been a huge help. So, so acupuncture has been good for us. And so now, now Tony's trying so it. And, you know, for I know that he had somebody ask him on Twitter, you know, basically something like, what do you get out of acupuncture? Or does yeah, it work? Or, that was it's a process. It's yeah, a process. It's totally it's, a process. You know, you, your body takes, our bodies take a lot of abuse and it takes a lot of, um, in a lot of instances, it takes a buildup of, you know, issues compounded over time to actually produce symptoms. Mm-hmm. So you can't think that you're just going to, undo that with a magic pill or right and we're and elise and i are walking away from western medicine little by little we're we're just getting away from the drugs and antibiotics and anyway that's just us um we had date night we had date night and for all those of you that are wondering yes he did leave his phone at home or in the car where was it it was at home it was at home i left it it was great it It, was wonderful you know what for me it was just I didn't have to think about it, and I didn't think about it, and it was wonderful. I had his undivided attention. I it was did. my week or my month to plan date night too, and I totally surprised him. Yep, you did. I loved it. We have been talking for. Do you want me to play this message though about uh, the blackberry use? Oh yeah, yeah, that? play that because okay. that was good too. So here we go. We got Tim here. Hold up. Hey Tony and Alisa, this is Tim from the Atlanta area. I've <coughs> uh, called before, uh, but. Listening to the podcast last night uh, and this morning uh, just kind of spurred me on to call again uh, about the whole Twitter thing and 
the phone thing and everything else. I, I, I have been a BlackBerry user since the early, early days. Got one before they were actually released to the public, and I've had one ever since. And the whole CrackBerry <laughs> term, I think, was coined because of me. And I, I have to say, it has caused some issues between me and my wife. And you know, at times when I just wouldn't put the thing down and everything else. And you know, it has gotten better, and then gotten worse, and gotten better. The whole ordeal with Twitter and Facebook coming out and now being accessible on the BlackBerry as well. Uh, it just made it hard again, and I, I can fully understand. But, you know, I I never understood what it was doing to our relationship until we got my wife a BlackBerry. And uh, she won't do Twitter, but she will sit there and email and get on Facebook and everything else. And, I'm worried and about you know, we're out hours. for lunch or dinner or something like that, and here she's walking slow and trying to send an email, and I get irritated. And it just makes me check myself and go, wait a minute, you know, that's what she's been seeing for the past 10 years with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not out of the woods yet, but it's something that I, I've seen from a different point of view now. And it is so important to put the thing down and so hard, but so important. Uh, we won't even get into Twitter on the computer <laughs> and Facebook and blogs and everything else i agree um that's another whole story uh still takes too much time and too much time away from the family but just figured i'd I'd give a call and i I really don't know how to say you know that i'm i'm agreeing with anybody in particular but just to share my story and say hey it's hard on both sides and it's something that we all need to get under control or it's going to, I know it's destroying marriages out there. There's no doubt in my mind, mm-hmm. but take care. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in. Tony is over here laughing because I am actually uh, scheduled <laughs> to get a new phone at the end of the month. And, um, yeah, you, you know, we've talked about, we're on Verizon. So we've talked about getting me an Android and, um, he's over here just going, Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. After I got Tim's message there, I, I posted something on the, the fan page, you know, how has a smartphone interrupted your date night, good or bad? And I mean, there are a number of folks that answered, you know, it's great when we were looking for a place to go eat. It's great when we need to try to find a destination. But other than that, it sucks. And I mean, time and time again, I mean, that's just what keeps coming up. And I agree in having gone both ways in, you know, three weeks, I will say that I noticed a a huge difference in myself. And it's something like Tim said, you know, we got to, we got to put ourselves in check. One person, um, uh, on Twitter said, you know, it's just plain rude. You know, to think and about then, that, you know, <laughs> you think about here's this, this thing that's constantly interrupting your date night and he's going, that's rude. Right. And you know what? He, he's right. He's, he's right on with that. So, you know, I, I just had to check and, and it is tough. It's, you know, one of the, one of the things I thought about this week though, too, just the phone bit. And some of you may think this as well. It's like, as a Christian, what if, what if we had our, our Bible like strapped to our, 
our belt buckle. I mean, how often when we grab it and look at it and check it? Well, there's there's that thing that floats around the internet every once in a while that says, you know what, we're crazy lost in the world if we, you know, basically if you walk out of the house with your cell phone, you you know, you know, geez, you drive right back, you go pick it up. But, you know, do you think about driving back to pick up your Bible? No. Yeah, I mean, it's that same it's the same kind of thing you yeah, know, that you're saying. That, I agree. You know, we're, we've got to be connected. <laughs> yeah. What do people do before they, you know, in the last 10, 15 years when they left the house without a phone? <gasps> I know. Gasp. I know. No, mm-hmm. you're right on, babe. I, and I agree. And, and we live and we learn. Right? And we and had we, a great date night. We talk about it. We overcome our our tough times and we have good times. And, and date That's night true. was awesome. So. One of the chapters in our book is called Take the Lead, and we'll cover that, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe next week, I forget. And it, it was Elisa's night to take the lead. And one of the things that we've been wanting to do for a long time is, just, yes, <laughs> is just to get out and go see a musical or a play. And Elisa found what was the San Diego Junior Theater. Yeah. And just amazing. They played Fame. It was a two-hour show, and these are high schoolers. Yeah, I think they were all like 15 to 18. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you're in San Diego and you have the opportunity to go see these guys, they're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights down in Balboa. I was just absolutely floored, and I haven't seen fame or thought about fame for years, but I was singing along and just so excited for this show. It was just, it was wonderful. The talent I'm telling you, you would have been so impressed. And so um, for those of you who do like plays and musicals, maybe there's one in your local area where you can go reasonably priced. It was 14 bucks a ticket. Well, and that was the thing for us because I, you know, I mean, we've talked about this for ages and our local weekly newspaper um, always posts what's going on in the theater around San Diego. And you know, we're on a time constraint because our babysitter does first Friday night and we have to be home by 10. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can't do any eight o'clock shows. What's starting at seven? And this was the only thing starting at seven. I'm like, ooh, junior theater kids. Um, all right. Well, the tickets are reasonable. If nothing else, not knowing anything about the history of, junior, yeah. of the junior theater, I was like, well, if nothing else, we'll get a good laugh out of it and, you know, watch some kids get up there and sing and dance. Well, junior theater has been around for 63. This, they're going into their 63rd season. season. Um, these kids uh, speechless i mean i was just oh they were <laughs> so good i mean it was unbelievably the dancing, good the singing everything um, they were it was just wonderful it was you just know wonderful. just it, just a great great location this they have two theaters they perform um at the casa del prado in balboa park and they also have a location in la jolla and we're gonna go we're gonna go see more and we're gonna take our kids so it's just, I would it's just a way say, to, you know, without breaking the bank, mm-hmm. because obviously there are those off Broadway shows and there are, you know, in the bigger theaters that, you know, you're looking 50, 60, $70 a ticket. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we won't see some of those shows. Yeah. But if w- it's Wicked's just, coming to Newport beach next year. So we're yeah, seeing I got that. It, yes. Um, but if you want to keep things reasonable for a date night, yeah. check out your local junior theaters, see what's playing. You know, if you've got a weekly newspaper, check those check those opportunities out because you're, you don't know what hidden gems, right? You might find, you might find that fit in the budget and still give you that experience of going out. And, and, and our date nights are in our budget, you guys. So we know how much we put aside towards date night every, 
every month. We know what we have, and sometimes we're able to pull off two date nights. Sometimes we're only doing one. Just depends on how babysitting works. We plan a budget. We we work around that budget, and that's what we do. So we're not the extravagant ones out here, you know. Trust me. <laughs> blowing, you know, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, we try to go cheap. Sometimes we do picnics. Sometimes we just order in. Uh, we just we just like to get the kids out of our hair for four or five hours and just relax. Well, and we've enjoy. been known to rent movies from the library before and do take in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so we've done everything. Twenty bucks. Yeah. So, all right. Is that all we did this week? Then those are some big things. Those are some big Is things. That all we did this week. <laughs> I planned date night and totally surprised you. Uh, you. I'm just asking if that's all. Uh, if we can move to the next segment of yeah, our. Yeah, let's start talking about the book. All right. So here we go, you guys. We're gonna go. Uh, and to strip down, we want to thank all of you who have purchased the book thus far. We've had a fabulous weekend. I, we've sold, I think we're going on... Eight copies? Eight to ten with the e-books and audiobooks this weekend. Mm-hmm. We, we've just started exploding here and uh, so excited. So we ask you, our loyal listeners, if you ha- know of a magazine, if you know of a TV outlet or a radio station that would be interested in hearing about Elise and I in the 60 days of sex or the seven days of sex challenge and how stripped down came about because of those. Um, we'd love for you to pass on our information or give, get the information to us and we'll, uh, we'll contact them. That would be awesome. We just want to spread the news of having intimacy in our marriages. So you yawning over there? I know I had a nap today too. I know. Wow. All right. Well, let's, let's get into it. So strip down. I guess all the sex talk is that, you know, getting you excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the book. Let's go. So when we've done this uh, as a small group, we actually, um, did we provide the books ahead of time? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. So that everybody could come having read something. So they're not, you know, just sort of like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? For those of you that have downloaded the audio book or you've already got your hard copy or your ebook, um, the book is set up very simply we break down each of the 13 keys and go into them, but we start the book talking about what is intimacy right? and and what are the six forms of intimacy that we see played out time and time and time and time again. Um, You know, a lot of people when they hear, you know, Oh, are you intimate? There's a sexual connotation connotation to that. Right. And we want to get past that because there are so many different forms of intimacy that are important in your marriage. Mm-hmm. it's not just, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to be the first ones to tell you that the physical component, the sexual component to your marriage is very important. Right. But we want to talk before we get into the chapters in the book, into these different keys, because they all come back to the six forms of intimacy. So we just want to go over those briefly, just so you get an idea of where we're coming from as we talk about these in the book. Um, you want to start? Sure. The, the first one is emotional intimacy. And that's just sharing our feelings, thoughts, and desires with mm-hmm. our spouse. Then intellectual intimacy. This is a mutual understanding about the important areas or issues in your marriage. This is when you start talking about goal setting and you know, financial issues, budgeting, um, the values that you want to bring into your family and raise your children with. Those are all mm-hmm. types of intellectual intimacies. Right. Uh, spiritual intimacy. This is your shared religious beliefs beliefs and uh, observed religious practices mm-hmm. you know it goes into praying together and you know attending church, church or together. whatever your um, 
whatever you practice, right. whether it's church or temple or um, recreational intimacy, being active together. What do you guys like to do together? <laughs> right. You know, what, what are those things? You know, like for us, going to the musical this week, that's something we had talked about. I think it's probably been two or three years we've talked about doing that. And mm-hmm. so now finally, mm-hmm. <laughs> finally doing that type of recreational intimacy. Right. And this could be other, this could be sports. This could be taking a walk. This is getting out of the house, I think, at sometimes. And sometimes being in the house, but doing things together that is recreationally mm-hmm. centered. Uh, financial intimacy. This is talking about your budget. This is talking about your money. This is talking about mortgages, car payments. This is credit cards, credit card. spending habits. This is all of that. That's and, a big one. And it's a it's a huge one. Um, and we we reference Dave Ramsey a lot in that because he helped us get our financial intimacy in order. And the last one uh, that we mentioned is physical intimacy. And that's, that's loving touch. That's everything from holding hands to, you know, putting a hand on, you know, his shoulder while he's sitting at the table to having sex, making love. I mean, it, it runs that full gamut of all of the different ways you can touch each other and have a, have a physical connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's important to think about your marriage. I, in each one of those different intimacies and to start thinking as we go through these next few weeks on how are we doing? Right. You know, are are there areas in our marriage that we haven't been focusing on that are kind of, you know, slipping? Are are we not being as intimate financially as we should, as we should be Mm -hmm. has the recreational intimacy. Has that dropped off? Are are we sharing spiritually? Mm Mm-hmm you know, start thinking as we're going through these different chapters and we're going to explain how each chapter uh, we've paired it up with one of the six emotional intimacies. Um, But think about that, how it relates to your own marriage. What are the areas that you need to work on? Right. And and the cool thing about strip down, because the 13 keys get paired with one of the intimacies, you could go, you know what, right now we're just not connecting emotionally. And so you could go through and pick out the, the couple of emotional intimacy keys and dive into those for a month, two months and not even touch the other. You don't have to touch into financial intimacy. You don't have to touch in the physical intimacy. And then once you sort of get into that emotional intimacy and, you, and you've built that foundation, you can pick up strip down again and work in your physical intimacy or work into your financial intimacy. It was, it was funny. We went to church Saturday night mm-hmm. And Bill Basalski is our CFO of the of the church. And he comes up to me and he goes, Tony, you know, I was sitting at my computer and your book was, was right there. And, and I was getting a little frustrated. And so I picked up your book. And I want to tell you, it was so good. He goes, obviously, I went right to the financial intimacy. And I want to tell you, this, this are, these are his words. He goes, I was tracking with you guys. I was tracking with you guys. He goes, I loved what you guys were talking about when you, when you brought up the financial intimacy part. And the best thing about it is that I can use this when I'm counseling people and I can show them this as a great resource and share with them the financial intimacy component and let them know that once they build that foundation, they can work in the other ones. So that was really cool to hear from Bill and uh, 
I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Well, so, and that, that just goes very much to what you said. You know, this is a book that you can pick up and just say, what do we need to work on? Right. And go to that, those sections. It's not a, you know, it's not anything you have to read straight through. Um, of course our audio book does go that way. So you can yeah. just fast forward <laughs> to certain areas on the audio book, but let's, uh, let's jump into the first key. Okay. Go for it. The first key is from the top down, and this is a focus on spiritual intimacy. And this chapter is really dealing with how do you have your life prioritized? What is important to you? You know, is it one of those things where, you know, if somebody looked at you, they would first say, oh, you know, so-and-so, definitely a workaholic. Or, you know, friends always come first with him or her, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there are things that people know us for. And, you know, part of getting our marital relationship, right. Is having, having our priorities in order, right? You know, your spouse is going to know if they're not towards the top of the list. Right. And, and and this is something that we have learned over the years and we've had to, we've been all over the place and, when we, we talk, still are. Some and we days. still are. <laughs> yeah, some days, some weeks, some months. When we look, at, when we look at from the top down, we're really, we're really looking at how do you prioritize those big things in your life. And so mm-hmm. we take number one is God. God is first because if we do not have God as our foundation and the first, first thing on our mind in the day, the last thing that's leaving our mind. We're all over the place, and and many of you know this. Um, it's not new, but it needs to be reminded, and you need to hear it, and we need to hear it. Mm-hmm. So, God first, spouse second, yes, family, kids, work, and then other activities. And so, as you hear those five, where's your life right now? Where mm-hmm. are you? Is God at the top of that? Is your spouse, are your kids, is your work on top? And then everything else comes after that. You know, when we, when we did our small group in fall, it was very interesting to hear how everybody in that room had something different. Mm -hmm. Everybody did. And you know, from the kids being at top and you could almost hear the resentment sort of coming from the spouse to work in our situation, there was a time when other activities, my cycling came before everything else. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, it was huge. It, it took up so much time and I put so much of my family on the back burner. I put God way down on the list during this time in, li- in, my, in my life. And I talk about it in the book. And so we need to reprioritize our lives and get it in order. So that way we can live in the spiritual intimacy that we so desire. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, it's it was interesting, even just as we were talking about doing this this week, that um, we were reading Prevention Magazine. Yeah. and Great magazine, too. Great magazine. You know, we're constantly reading health and fitness and all this types of stuff. And there was an article written about, just a little blurb, written about this doctor, Dr. Peter Pronovost. I'm probably totally butchering his name, but he is an intensive care specialist and anesthesiologist at Johns Hopkins. And it's talking about changes that he implemented 
you know, across the American medical system as far as improving cleanliness to cut down on infections. But they go on to talk about, you know, what an amazing man he is and how, you know, who is this guy? And so the question is, so what is on Peter Pronovost's personal checklist? And it says his relationships with God, his family, his self and others, because they allow him to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, so right there in this national, probably international, I don't know where Magazine. all prevention goes. You know, here's a doctor who's saying in this order, right? God comes first. Yeah. I, I need to have those relationships right in order to thrive. Mm-hmm. And it's true when we are unbalanced, <laughs> when things are upside down and our relationships are not in the proper sequence and you know, whether you're putting the kids first or you're putting work first, when things are not as they should be, you tend to feel more stressed. You tend to have more issues, more problems because if you're not focused on the proper sequence, Mm-hmm. You don't have those founda- foundational pieces in place to to give you the strength that you need to deal with those relationships that are farther down on the list. Right. And, and we know a couple, uh, a couple of couples that, you know, work is a priority and have end up in splitting up and divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope none of you are, you, you want to go down that path. And, and I hope that, if you start going down that path that you have enough humility that if your spouse calls you out that you'll listen. And I know that's tough. That is tough when our our wife or our husband will call us out when we are spending too much time in something else. And but that's when humility comes in and you you need to listen and hear him or her out. Yeah, that's not an easy thing. Nope, not at all. So one question I want to leave you guys with before we go on to key number two, where are you spending the majority of your time? Husband and wife. Yeah. One of the things that ties in with that is that we did and we do encourage couples and as they are reading this particular chapter to sit down and take a look at your calendar. Yeah. You know, because in our minds and this is just human nature, we think we've got it all. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We think we've got it all figured out. We think we've got our priorities in order. You know, we've got God at the top of our list. Well, I know on my calendar, we go to church once a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I do spend a lot of time in constant conversation with God. But, you know, sometimes it's just that hour week that we're at church. But you know what? I'll easily spend five, six, seven hours talking with my girlfriends doing during the week, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I've got time with Tony, time with the kids. Is it always balanced? And I think sometimes no. with the God thing, though, is it, it, it it's sort of hard to quantify it. And, and I, I don't think we want to get people going down that road of always trying to quantify, oh, I read 15 minutes in the Bible. I, I would say, you know, are you living your life like Jesus would be? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're at work... When somebody asks you a question, do you lie about it? Do you have this moral dilemma or do you speak the truth? Right. You know, when your wife asks you, were you looking at some pornography? Do you lie about it? Do you, do you sort of him and haw or do you tell the truth? What are your moral values? What do you stand upon? And I think that's more important than trying to quantify it. Right. And I wasn't using the, no, the no, numbers, I, no, no, I but just as a way I to say, you know what, start, 
when you're looking yeah. at your calendar, when you're even just trying to, you know, if you've never thought about that before, mm-hmm. sometimes the quantification does oh. help to just start oh, yeah. to crystallize the picture. But you're right. I mean, we, you have different relationships and different people take different amounts of time. The right. important thing is when you think, what are my priorities? Mm-hmm. They should be God, spouse, family, work, and other. Right. That's, I agree. that's how it should go down. All right. So enough already. Key number two. Key number two. This is an emotional intimacy. And this is one um, that I think a lot of us struggle with. Yes. I think a lot of us struggle with, we love to feel needed. We love to have people want us to sit on the board, be on this committee, help out with this, make that, do this for the kids. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Well, it makes us feel important. We feel important. People need us. Yeah. Other people need us. Right. And the problem with that is that a lot of times we're so busy being needed by other people that the immediate people in our family, namely our spouse, and if you have children, your children, sometimes get overlooked by all those other people needing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the, there are two things that we really talk about in this chapter. And one is, well, it really boils down to just saying no. Right. <laughs> just saying no when you are asked to do stuff that you can't do. fit into your calendar without causing one of those vital relationships to suffer. Yes. And, and, and an example of this for me, uh, our church has been leading a huge campaign of getting people out of the church, out of this, out of their seats and being active in our community. It's called be the answer. Phenomenal campaign. And it's been amazing to see how many lives we have touched in our community. And about nine months ago, I was asked to be on this committee Mm -hmm. who is spearheading certain projects that were, we were going to be doing. And at the time I had time on my plate there were, um, there wasn't a lot really going on and I just felt called to be there and leading, um, this group and being a part of this group. And so as time has gone on though, I I completed a number of projects, uh, with the help of many, many people from our church. And as it's sort of transformed and has gone through stages, they asked again, if I wanted to be, be on it because it went through a little lull. In all honesty, and I know our pastor who leads that, the missions pastor, uh, good buddies will go out to breakfast. We'll, we'll sit down and talk. And, and it was tough when Rick came to me and said, hey, Tony, we're, we're going to get this going again because we're, we're going to start it up again for the next the next year. Uh, we, we want you to be a part of it. And, you know, having seen all that had happened through that be the answer team, it was very tough to say no. Mm-hmm. And it was just the time commitment at this point in in my life, it was just too much. Um, and it was a struggle. I'm going to tell you guys that it, it's not an easy peasy thing where you just go, ah, no, I'm not going to do it. And so we totally understand when you look at something, you're going, do I or don't I? When I was looking at this, I really had to just go, okay, where is the balance? Mm -hmm. And if I take this on, excuse me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be out of balance. This one thing is going to just start tipping me. So 
I I chose to just say no. I'm still doing other um, activities, you know, right. volunteer you activities that I do. Stopped being involved. You're just. But I but I had to say no and walk away, and, and that was tough. That we were a really close knit group there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's you know even from I mean sometimes it's not just saying no when you're asked to do something. Sometimes it's saying no. I need to quit this activity. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard thing for us to do. Be you know I think a lot of times because you know we get involved in something and you know you're part of a committee, you're part of a team, you're part of something bigger than yourself, and you know you're playing a vital role or you you're doing something that's important and. And that's not to say that volunteering or participating or any of those things are not important that you shouldn't do them. Mm-hmm. But if it starts to interfere with your marriage because there isn't enough left over for your husband or your wife, then you might need to think about quitting that activity. Right. And that's, you know, and I, there have been times, I mean, recently we talked about this in a podcast a couple of weeks ago where I was doing some volunteering, um, and it was just one of those things where just changes are happening in our schedules and our lives. Right. And I just couldn't give it the energy it needed. And I had to call the director and say, you know what, I, I'm going to have to not, nothing so formal as a resignation, but basically that's what it boiled down to. I'm just not right. going to be able to do this anymore. And even though it wasn't a huge time commitment, it was such a relief just not to have that one thing, you know, in the back of my mind, playing on my list of to do's, all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's okay to quit. It is. You know, so, so many people think of quitting as failing or, you know, not carrying through. Sometimes the healthiest thing you can do for your marriage is to quit an activity that is taking too much of who you are, your time and your energy away from your marriage. Right. And so I really want to challenge you over this next week to think about those things that might be that might be taking too much time right and another part of enough already is in-laws and parents crouching in on you and we have this question so here we go hi Tony and Elise this is Betsy um, from Arkansas I was just wondering if you could um Talk about something about parents and in-laws. Um, I think you guys are great. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Betsy. <laughs> awesome. Love you. Hey, and, and this is a big one. You know, enough already is is one of those one of those things. Is you know, what's your family a, apart from your parents? And your in-laws, mm-hmm. and and that's a tough one that you got to start going. Okay, enough already. Uh, we have our family unit, and to answer your question, Betsy, it's a big one. <laughs> it, 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 the the short version is it's big because there are so many dynamics that you're working with. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you're working with your spouse's parents, and then you got yours parents, and so. One thing that Elise and I did some time back is we started to build boundaries. We had specific things that we knew that we were going to stand by in our family unit, Elisa and I, and we had to develop those together. And then 
once we knew those, then it was easier for us to speak to parents and in-laws because we were developing our identity as a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And our parents had to respect that. We we let them know that they had to respect what we were doing because we were growing up and we were putting boundaries around our marriage. And so it's touchy. I'm not going to say it's easy, <laughs> um, especially if you have parents or in-laws who are all up in your stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it really, you know, it's not an easy question to answer because it really depends on what the relationships are. Right. You know, and I am very blessed to have in-laws that, you know, I can even go on vacation with. (laughs) Right. But don't forget, there was a time when our, my folks were helping us out monetarily. Right. And that adds a whole nother dynamic. Yes. Yes. I should go back and say it's only been in the last six years that that we've done that. We, I mean, we went to such drastic lengths and it wasn't because of them. It was because of where we were in our marriage, but we actually like moved out of state to help kind of solidify who we were as a couple. Right. Um, and that was part of Tony coming off the trail and just us needing to get out of orange County, California. Um, but when you've got those relationships, when things are, I don't want to say overstepping bounds. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but when Tony's parents were helping us out financially, it changed It changed the dynamic. It changed how we related to them because then all of a sudden, you know, there's this money component to your relationship. Right. You know, they might be helping you out in other ways and that kind of gives them permission in a sense to to be in your business. And so, you know, sometimes it's better to stand on your own two feet and have less than to have them voicing their opinion or giving their two cents where you don't necessarily want it. Um, A lot of it, you know, if it's an issue with in-laws, a lot of it is having your spouse stand up and, you know, put those boundaries around the family. Yes. Whoever's parents it are, it is great English there. Whoever's parents are the issue or are causing the tension, that spouse needs to be the one to deal with it right and, and in this in the instance with us with my folks they're helping us out monetarily i finally had to just stand up to my dad and just say you know what dad here's the money you've given us we appreciate it thank you and and we're gonna we're gonna make this on our own mm-hmm. we appreciate all that you've done up to this point for us but at this point we don't want it anymore it's just we need to establish ourselves and if it means that we have less, then we're going to be okay. We'll live. We'll survive. And and that's the way we had to go down. But I had to stand up. I wasn't sending Elise out there going to talk to my parents to do that. So boundaries are big. And they need to be addressed. Um, what's the book? Boundaries by Cloud and... Townsend. Townsend. Mm-hmm. Great book. Um, a little too much always going, having to refer back to verses in the Bible, sort of detracted uh, for me, but the content and how to go about setting up those boundaries in that book is spot on. And we used some of those to help us get situated where we wanted to be. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, no family is immune to it. 
Um, I have one guilty pleasure. Well, not one, but I like to read People magazine. And I just have to bring this in because we were talking about it this week. Yeah. My magazine's coming. Um, so for those of you that haven't seen the cover of People magazine this week, it is Chelsea Clinton and her new husband. It's a picture of their marriage. And Tony's thumbing through people and he's like looking at the wedding pictures and her husband is Jewish and she is, I believe, Methodist. Um, and so they had a interfaith marriage. And, you know, so Tony's reading about this. And again, we're talking about, well, you know, what are we t- going to podcast about this week? And Tony's like, wow, can you imagine having those in-laws and being a celebrity and have, you know, being in the spotlight and having boundaries because, you know, whether you're yeah. just, you know, getting married quietly in the middle of the Midwest or you're a celebrity who's, you know, gracing the cover of a People magazine you still have issues in your marriage. You still need to define who you are as a couple, as a couple and your family. Sometimes they will respect that. Sometimes they're going to give you grief over it. Their family. It's what they do. But what's important is that you as a husband and wife define the boundaries, not only in relation to family, but in relation to all of the other things that you do define who you are and acknowledge that the other person is the most important person on this earth mm-hmm. to you right. and everybody else, everything else takes a back seat to that relationship. Right. And, and one thing I, w- I would say from experience, obviously pray for guidance with this. This is something I didn't do way back when, um, and, and go to your parents with a loving heart. I mean, you're not there to, to bash them or put them down. I mean, you're, you're there to solidify and build up your marriage. And that's the way I would approach it in all, in all honesty. And, and you just do it humbly uh, before them and God and, and, and hope that they hear you and are really willing to support you. And, and that's the way I go. I mean, I'd, I'd go as, as so far at the ending of this is to go, could you please support us? Could you help us with this? It's, it's something that is really going to help my marriage out. Mm-hmm. And, and I need your support. People love to help people. And I, I truly believe our parents want the best for us. Even if they are a little overbearing at times, they do love us. And if we just go to them humbly and just go, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we need to do. We need our space. We need what we can um what we can do to to build the intimacy in our marriage we just need your help absolutely absolutely all right so that's what we got for this week so we got two keys down mm-hmm. and we hope you we hope you enjoyed those um i want to thank all of you who have applied for fit marriage it just astounding we talked about recreational intimacy and this is uh a project that I'm working on with my buddy Dustin with engaged marriage. And we're going to be launching our first test group for fit marriage on the 16th. And we're only going to be able to accept, I think we're going to accept 14 couples and solos and we are closing in on 50 applications. So yikes, amazing, but it, it hits home onto something that we really notice is that super busy couples like yourselves and us, we want to be in recreational intimacy together. We want to be fit. We want to be uh, physically attractive to each other. Can I just interject something? Yeah. A little revelation I had last week. So 
I, I just want to stress how important recreational and exercise is to your intimacy. Um, at the end of June, I was traveling and I pulled a muscle and yeah. I spent most of June. No, mm-hmm. it was the end of June. So most of July, I don't most think I probably exercised three times in the month of July. And I was thinking about it the other day because I was like, you know, you've just seemed kind of off. Yeah, you just didn't have any desire. I, I didn't have any desire. And I'm like, what is up? You know, I'm like, my hormones are back on track. You know, all this, I'm like going through my list and I'm like, what have I done differently? And I realized, you know what? I'm not exercising. Right. And, you know, while I haven't like, you know, suddenly gained 20 pounds or anything like that and, you know, my eating habits are still good. Not having that physical activity impacts my intimacy. Right. And so for those of you, whether you're doing fit marriage or you're just like, you know, I need to make a change in my own life. Get out there and start simple. Start walking, but do something because I I can tell you from personal experience over the last month, when you're not moving and being physical, yeah, it impacts how you feel about yourself. It impacts the desire that you have. Get out and <laughs> get out, and move. That's it. And uh, we know this is a little different than most small groups that you guys are thinking about because usually there's interaction. And so, what we'd love for you guys to do is to call us because that's the way we're going to be able to interact with you guys. Mm-hmm. So please do call us. Our phone number is. Again, that's 858-876-5663. And we would love to have this interaction with you guys. And if you have the book, we're going to be doing Let's Talk and what's the next chapter there, babe? Money Matters. So we're going to go those two. And if we can get into chapter six, we'll, um, we'll jump into chapter six, which is what do we do now? So we would love to hear your questions about those. And that way we can make this a little more interactive. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll get your questions up. We'll answer them and, and we'll go from there. So we're digging this. I hope you guys are digging this. We want your feedback. You know, let us know what you think about this format. Let us know how we're doing. Email ask Tony at one extraordinary marriage.com or ask Elisa at one extraordinary marriage.com. And that's it. You guys, we love you guys. Have a great week.